Hey guys, welcome to a very special edition of Cast. where this week we're going to give you the usual dose of film effect, weekly entertainment news, but it's also going to be a dedicated episode to the late Taylor Hawkins, who tragically and suddenly passed away last weekend in Columbia at the incredibly young age of 50. But before we get into everything, I want to welcome my brothers and co-hosts, Andrew, Corey, Sean, and Justin. Fellas, how goes it? What's up, everybody? Uh, yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Hey, hi, howdy, hey. Oh, hey, guys. Before we break bread, I want to remind our listeners to check us out on both Facebook and Instagram at the Film Effect Podcast. For all announcements and updated updates, follow us on Twitter at Film Effect Pod to interact and socialize with us. That's the best form of social media out there to get all the updates you need. And if you're on TikTok, then we're on TikTok. Follow along at Film Effect Podcast. And finally... Please send along any questions, selections, or suggestions to the Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. However you choose to get a hold of us is up to you, but either way, we love hearing any form of feedback or interaction from our fans or enemies, so shoot us a message or comment, a tweet, however it is. Let's keep that conversation going. And speaking of feedback, send us five-star ratings and positive reviews on Apple, Spotify, or going straight over to thefilmeffectpodcast.com slash reviews. We genuinely value hearing each and every one of you. Uh, you can also support the show by getting yourself some merch. Visit thefilmeffectpodcast.com slash store. Got all fresh designs. Got a variety of cool stuff. Yada yada. And now that I got that form of business out of the way, let's tighten that grip and bring on the drip. Hey, uh, wait, wait. Uh, but while, while, while you're on the... Uh... While you're on the feedback topic, man, I want to shout out Carlo over at Movie Loot. Really cool, uh, you know, little tweet he sent us. He kind of digs a camaraderie, wanting to know our background. So I thought that was neat, man. So hats off to you, Carlo. Yeah, thanks, Carlo. I'm sure he's listening. No one else? No? No. Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, I, uh... Just here, like... Carla, I don't know who you are, but big ups. Well, Andrew, I love you, Carla. Twitter. Yeah, you gotta get on Twitter. Carla's always on there supporting us, so we appreciate it, Carla. Thank you. My bad. My apologies, Carla. I don't don't have a Twitter. I apologize. I'm I'm not bullshitting when I say every week that, you know, it's the best form of social media is Twitter. That's the best way. It's like we... I interact on the the, the Twitter page, like, all the time. I go there more than Facebook, so. And not only is Carlo good on Twitter, he's got a good podcast, The Movie Loot, so I'd recommend yeah. it. Now. Yes, The Movie Loot. I was actually on an episode, uh, his October edition last year. We talked horror. It was fun. And uh, Yeah, he, he knows guy. what he's talking about. It's a good list. He does, and it's funny that we're talking about him right now because he's going to be on the main show in a couple of weeks when we cover us. Oh, nice! Uh, I, I announced that last week. <clears throat> that yeah, I hit up hit him up because, like I said on the uh, announcement uh, last week, it's been in, in the making. Originally, the episode was going to be last year during the Halloween Harathon, but then it got pushed back to January. Then it got pushed back to March, and now April, and we're finally doing it. So it's coming up, guys, in a few weeks, a couple weeks, something like that, mid-April. So I'm still working out the final schedule for April because. I just fit in a couple more movies, and uh, yeah, April's going to be a big month, so and what a way to kick it off with this episode, so there ain't no April Fool's happening here, fellas, let's uh, get going. Drip, drip. Drip, drip. 
so yeah, at, at the top of the show, you know, I had mentioned I wanted to dedicate this episode to Taylor Hawkins. Now, uh, before anyone goes, you know, this is a movie podcast, musician, whatever, whatever, I'm going to go ahead and pull this card. I was in the theater just a few weeks ago seeing a film called Studio 666. Taylor Hawkins was in it, it was along, along with the rest of the Foo Fighters. So technically, you know, he's an actor in a movie. Fuck you. Technically, it's a movie. So I'm pulling that card. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, and it's a big deal to me because I'm a drummer. So I, I, I and he's always been in my trifecta of favorite drummers, him, Neil Peart, and Travis Barker. So, and now that, you know, him and Neil have both been, and Neil passed away like two years ago or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't that long. It was like so two years like, ago, yes. Yeah, I mean, someone fucking protect Travis, for Christ's sake. Otherwise, my whole trifecta is going to go yeah. out, like, you know. Dude, like Travis that. has already been in an airplane situation. You remember that? Exactly. We almost lost Travis fucking 13, 14 years ago. I feel like people was. need to be reminded of that. That shit was insane. It's crazy. Jesus Christ, I never thought about that. So, yeah. Um, so, I guess we can go around Robin. Um, I'm kind of spitballing this conversation here. Um, obviously drummer for Foo Fighters originally he was the drummer for Lance Morissette during the Jacket Little Pill era and then after that wrapped up Dave Grohl just pretty much said hey want to come be in my band so um uh, I'll go first me, more or less because I want to segue well, off of what you said what did you, well, hang what on hang on hold, hold that thought because I just wanted to say real quick uh, I personally have been I, I've been a Foo's fan since the first album mid 90s I can proudly say since the very beginning. And I remember the follow-up, coloring the shape, the hype surrounding it. And then seeing Taylor, my first time ever seeing him is on the video for Monkey Wrench. And, uh, you know, just to, to follow him all these years because he was so young. He was in his mid-20s back then. He was, I mean, he's young now, like I said, 50. Just turned 50. So just wanted to get that out. Andrew, you can go first. Yeah, ironically enough, I feel like the first time I probably ever heard his performances was on uh, Alanis Morissette. Like, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a well, diehard like for Alanis Morissette, but I liked Alanis Morissette a lot back in the day. But that's not necessarily why I listen to Alanis Morissette. It's just funny going back through his discography and seeing that he was well, the drummer for that. And you could tell sick, by his so. cadence. <laughs> well, I'm just saying even in hindsight, like oh, I got you. minor day. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, I think the first time I ever heard Foo Fighters was thankfully to you because you're, you know, five years older than me. So you're definitely a lot more, you know, up to date on music than I was being a little fucking child. But like, I remember listening to it when I was young. The first, the first three bands that I always say that I've always said that I've been into was Bush, No Doubt and Foo Fighters. So to like say that I've been a fan of Foo Fighters for that long, it's like insane to look back on it especially just having my 33rd year on this earth pass and go, but it's just insane to look back. Like, damn, I've been a fan of that long. So. Yeah. Cause he didn't actually start drumming, uh, on records until the third album. And even that, uh, there's nothing left to lose, which ironically enough is my favorite Foo Fighters record. He didn't even drum the entire record for that one. Dave still drummed the majority of that record. I believe Travis, Travis, I believe, uh, Taylor, did four songs off that record and um one by one the fourth record was the first record that he did every song himself and that's it's funny because i was listening to that record 
just earlier today, and there are so many standout songs that I forgot were on that record because I haven't listened to it in like a solid five, six years. Um, standout songs like Low and Comeback. Holy shit, the final song on that record, Comeback, just Taylor is just a beast on the kit. And like, yeah. Because I've always said when it comes to music, the first thing I listen for is the drums. So I got that kind of ear, being a drummer myself. So, um, Sean, uh, I know you're, you know, not really a music guy and I can't really, I don't I'm not, this isn't a slam or anything or an insult. I just can't really imagine you have a lot to contribute to this conversation because I'm not sure how many, or how much of a Foo Fighters fan you would even claim to be, but go on. It's your time to uh, speak on the matter. Well, we, <clears throat> you, you and I talked about this, you know, Saturday night on the way to the movie. You know, I, I, I appreciate their work. I'm a fan of their work. I'm diehard. Right. Do I follow them? Did I pick up every CD? Right. No, no, no. Um, did I know of Taylor Hawkins? Yeah, but it's like if you said I wasn't going to be like, oh, Foo Fighters. I was going to have to like rack through my brain for a while. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sad, I'm, I'm sad that he's passed cause they put, they put out some fantastic music together, but, um, yeah, it's like you said, I really don't have a lot to speak right. on cause I don't have a lot to come hey, Well, it, you know, you know I mean? um, it's funny that you mentioned that cause, uh, talking about like reckon, recognizing him, um. Because he was always around with Dave. Him and Dave were always together in a lot of interviews and stuff. And I was thinking about that, too, earlier. Um, like, a lot of the times he was on Stern, him and Dave, they were always on episodes side by side. And a lot of interviews that I've been looking at and reading and seeing on videos on YouTube over the last couple of days, you know, it's it's always, I've noticed a lot of, the, the majority of them are always Dave and Taylor. It's not Dave and Nate or even uh, Dave and um, uh, what's his name? Um, Pat Smear. Pat Smear. Thank you. I knew you would come in with that to save Pat. Um, uh, or or Dave and or, uh, Chris. I think that's the name of their other guitar. Yeah, Chris Shiflett. So it's always Dave and Taylor. So Corey, why don't you uh, yeah. share? Uh, actually, actually, Corey, give, give me one second now. That is, I, what I was just recently thinking about, or just thinking about, was didn't they recently do this yacht rock thing, and they actually drove through like a Westboro Baptist church? They like, did it. They did it. Like playing out, like I think, like they're, I think it was a Bee Gees trip. Yeah, I think they did all the Bee Gees stuff. That's what it was. It was, it was, it was. Yeah, they yeah. actually just last year they put out a whole Bee Gees like cover EP. Um, um, okay. That's pretty and fucking yeah, cool. I think I'd like to listen like to that. Five, like th- I saw the yeah, clip but I think of it them, was, but I th- they did. They I drove did. through yeah. like a rally or like, something, It happened like four they? or five years ago. It wasn't like recent, but no, still, I mean, it did happen. I, I, that sounds oh, okay, well, that's the most recent memory I have. I'm just now finding that's, out that's about most this. Recent this is memory fucking I hilarious. Have. What the fuck? Yeah, I know what happened. That's cool as shit. I always thought that was cool as shit. I mean, they were just, you know, like, Fucking rock stars, dude. Like, I, like, I was just, I was talking. Yeah, it just I was talking off, to uh, my friend Jocelyn. Shout out Jocelyn. She's like the biggest Foo Fighters fan I know. Is and when I read the news Friday night about his passing, she was immediately the first person I texted and be like, "You okay?" And she was like hysterical. Um, 
and I've been to two shows with her, so I know how much of a fan it is. I've seen it in person, and uh, she, uh, no, her, her, our, our conversation, duh. We were talking about um, the fact that you know she made a comment that the, the Foo Fighters, if this is the end of, if they decide to wrap it up, because right now all that we know is they've canceled, you know, touring for the rest of the year, naturally so, and. If this is the end, then they'll be the last true rock and roll band, you know, that's in existence that, you know, and, and she's right. Because I said, I've always thought that's funny you mentioned that, Josh, because I've always thought the same thing, that the Foo Fighters are like a genuine rock and roll band for this generation. And, and it's true. If, if something does happen and they decide to just call it quits, then they're like the last of its kind. It's it's tragic. So, um, Coy, why don't you go on, man? I didn't mean, to, or Sean didn't mean to cut you off. I'm going to speak for him for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Foo Fighters have never been my favorite band. Like, you know, when I think back to the mid '90s when I was a kid, uh, you know, like Bush, No Doubt, um, Blink 182, and there a little bit later, they were always like my favorites. But I always liked Foo Fighters. I remember. I know Taylor wasn't on this um, album, like you said, but I remember when you brought over their self-titled album. And we listened to it for the first time. Their, you know, their first album, and Which is you know, Dave. I liked all the. Yeah, I know it is, but I'm just saying, you know, memories of the band. And then I remember "Color and the Shape" and "There's Nothing Left." But one he was um, there for is "Echoes Silence." I I really remember liking that album. That was like in the mid 2000s. I remember. Yeah, that was uh, the follow that. That that was the album after "In Your Honor." Yeah, and then I remember the greatest hits they released a few years later. That lived in my car for a while. I had that uh, burnt copy of that album, uh, and that was always in like my rotation back when I still, you know, had CDs and like the late aughts. Uh, so yeah. I always enjoyed the greatest hits as well. And a more recent memory I have of the Foo Fighters, which I really respect them for, is when um, venues were just starting to open back up and concerts were restarting and they were in New York city and they were requiring, uh, masks, uh, and vaccine cards. I just respected that. I think that's responsible when you're going to have 20,000 people ish in an enclosed space that, you know, they were sticking to their guns. They were getting a lot of backlash and they were sticking to what they believed in. So I, I you know, I respected that, you know, no matter which way you feel about the all that stuff. At least they were sticking to what they believed in. They were. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, they were trying to be super cognizant during a situation where they really should have been. So, yeah, yeah. they were one of the first bands that when they, when things started to like, you know, loosen up and open back up, they were they were one of the first bands that hold a, a major concert. So yeah, I do remember that. So yeah, um, all right, Justin, save the best for last. What are your uh, memories of uh, the Foo Fighters and Taylor? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i not the world's biggest Foo Fighters fan. I was a big Nirvana guy. Like, I was a big Nirvana guy. So, It's funny. But, I'm the complete opposite. I'm not, like, a huge Nirvana fan, but I fucking love Foo Fighters. Yeah, see, I'm a few years older than you are. Well, I'm more than a few years older than you. I was going to say, but, but, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm older than everybody else on the podcast. So that was just, like prime time for me you know i was like 20 years old no not even i was like 18 years old when nevermind came out so like nirvana was just huge for me um so i was really looking forward to foo fighters and you know got the first album and i, and I like it. It, it i didn't love it the way i wanted to and then i saw him live on that tour and his touring band at the time 
I don't think Pat was Pat Smear in the band at that point. I can't remember. He was Pat. once they started touring. Pat was definitely he was there. there. Yeah. It was Pat and Nate and uh, Nate, William Goldsmith with the drummer. The from, uh, they they both came from Sunny Day. Real Sunny Real Day Real Estate. Estate. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a huge Sunny Day Real Estate. I love their. Second. I'm not either. Their second album's great. I don't love the first one the way a lot of a lot of my friends were way into that, and I just can never get that into it. So I saw them live. They played at UMBC. And it was one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my life. Like they just weren't, <laughs> they weren't good. So that kind of right. soured that on me for like going from that point out. But they like all the songs they came out with, like Corey said, like their greatest hits. That's a solid fucking album. Like you forget like how many great songs, great radio. Oh yeah, songs. oh yeah. And and when, since we're talking about hits, I I just want to sit here and give it a second to dedicate a moment to Everlong. <laughs> Everlong is it's an amazing I, song. I think Everlong is, might be my favorite song ever, like ever, like ever, ever, ever. That good, like there's this. I love it so much. Twenty five years, I've been listening to that song over and over, and I listen to it every single time. And it's always I get the feeling like it's the first time all over again. And I just think to myself, "Fuck, this is a great song." And then I got jealous for a moment because it's like, why the fuck didn't I write it? Even if I just did get into music, I'm just jealous that I didn't write that fucking song. It's just so brilliant. It sounds, the, the melody is just perfect. The, everything just goes together in that song. It's, and, you know, I know Taylor didn't record it uh, for the, 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 uh, the record, but, you know, I, go watch videos of him playing the song because the song, me being a drummer, and I've played that song before. It's a, fucking hard song to play um and he's well, that's because all the hi-hat percussion yeah he's like riding yeah he's yeah, killing it's, it it's, that's gnarly. it's the entire song for the most right. part yeah and that um, that was a great song that was, that was a great song the day it came out and then like yeah. a year two after that he did that acoustic version on stern on stern and, and that's like what it and then it went nope. to a whole different level and became like just like an undisputed classic song and even the video, I was going back on YouTube the other day and I was re-watching yeah. some of their videos and that was like the first one and I hadn't seen it in like a decade and I just forgot. It took me back to the 90s when it first premiered, you yeah. know. It's like and the whole, all the evil evil dead nods and shit. It's just a great video. I think of that band as like, like a modern day cheap trick. Just like a great like power pop band. Just good, catchy radio songs. Nice. Do you, do you yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah. I can dig with that. Yeah. See, yeah, my yeah. my favorite song by them, I honestly is uh probably "Best of You." I fucking love that song. I can listen to that song like a million times over, and it still gets me every time. "Best of You" is great. "Best of You" really is, and so is "My Hero." I, I gotta acknowledge that yeah, song too. Obviously, just, the, we know what the song's about, right? Yeah, it's about Kobe. It exactly. It's about Kurt. Yeah. And just like a day or two, oddly enough, before um, Taylor Hawkins died, I was listening to that about a year ago 
they played on Stern and they did um, All My Life. And it's a fucking amazing version. I, I love that song anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a badass just, song. It's an amazing. Have you heard the version they do on Stern? I have actually, yes. And it was it's just recently amazing. myself. Yeah. Yeah. And like I it, like I it, that just reminded me, I was like, I, like I heard it like a day a day or two before he died, and I was like, it just reminded me, I was like, God damn, the, the Foo Fighters are actually a really good band that I kind of take for granted. And then oh, fuck you know, yeah. and then the fucking guy dies. It was just crazy. Yeah. I I, I was planning on going to see them in May at Merriweather. And because uh, I've been going through a big, even before this, I was going through a big Foo Fighters kick. And I've been talking about, you know, I've been pretty vocal about it, actually, like to, to my friends and on Facebook and stuff. Um, and then, you know, it sucks because this goes and happens. Um, but like, yeah, like I said, um, my my first time seeing them, I've only seen them twice. Unfortunately, I wish it was more. Um and I was kind of late to seeing them. My first time seeing them was in, and they were both times I saw them. Funny enough, was in two thousand five. Um, first time HF Festival at Raven Stadium. They were the headliners. It was Coldplay who were doing the very first show of their X and Y tour, um, and then after them was Foo Fighters. And that my first time seeing them, and like I'll just never forget it. Um, the lights going out throughout the stadium and then like Dave and the band comes out and then you just hear the opening guitar to all my life and it's just they do it for like an extended time and everyone's going ape shit naturally and it was just a fucking great and he finally kicks into the song and such a fucking great moment and then I saw him later on that fall at um, uh, Patriot Center at uh, George Mason University in uh, Fairfax Virginia and they uh, co-headlined. Well, they were the last. So they headlined technically um, with Weezer. It was like it was called the Foozer Tour. Yeah, <laughs> it I Weezer, it, Weezer and the Foo Fighters with uh, the Kaiser Chiefs opened, and that was a fun ass show. Me and and I went to that. Funny enough, with my friend Jocelyn, who's like the biggest fan, and her and I were like right up at the guardrail for that set. And 2005, so they were torn for In Your Honor, and like just great shit they didn't come out to in your honor they didn't come out to all my life in uh fairfax they came out to the first song in your honor which is called in your honor and that was a good moment so has anybody else ever seen them live before i know you haven't Corey. Uh, like i said just the, that first tour at umbc that was, was the that, only time that was the only time then the main reason i went is because that dog was the, the middle band and i'm i fucking love that dog so like I, I was glad to see them. And actually, no, they were the opening band. And then the middle band was, it was Kim Deal. It, it wasn't the Breeders, though. It was this band she had called The Ants, which was also pretty good. But they only had one album out and she didn't have enough songs. So she like started playing Breeders songs. I thought that was kind of lame at the time. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> right, like, right, right. Fucking fall back. And it was a tough crowd. Like, I, I just remember, like, it was not an easy crowd to play to. So it was like, it almost felt like she was like pulling out the stops to try to win people over. And it was just like, oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah. But uh, that was it for me. I never saw him after that. Andrew, you haven't seen him, right? Sadly enough, no. Right. I have not. Sean, have you seen them by chance? Mm, no, I can't right. say that I have. Um, Yeah, it's just, it sucks. It's tragic. It's it's really been, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot. 
Um, probably more than I should, but uh, you know, uh, as of this recording, you know, the only information that's been put out there is uh, they said something about finding ten different various drug items or articles, and then I read somewhere in a couple of sites, although I couldn't get confirmation from others where I was looking for that, said that his heart was twice the size of what the human heart should be. Um, which, if that's true, then maybe some of the medications are prescri- maybe the, some some of the drugs that they found in the system uh, he had prescriptions for. I mean, they said opiates; he could have very well had prescriptions for that. THC. Now, granted, he's in a different country. I don't I don't know how their laws work, but you know, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm getting defensive, but um, you know, it sucks. Things happen. Got to be careful if you're going to be. Living that lifestyle, I guess, is the the moral of this. Um, Especially it's, it's like he, he he was a young fifty, but I mean, fifty still fifty. Like at a certain point, you got the party's got to end when you do that kind of thing. Yeah, or that's true. You know what I mean? He didn't. He didn't that's know thirty four. Like it's a different. Well, story. it's worth mentioning. Twenty years ago, he OD'd so badly that he was in a coma right. for two weeks. Yeah. I remember that. He almost died. And then after right. he came out of that, the band went on, like, had, like, had, were going through turmoil and it was broke up. And then they suddenly worked their shit out and one by one was created. Uh, but, yeah, there was a time. It was, like, 2001-ish is when, uh, yeah, I think it was in the summer of 2001 when he had the, uh, the OD incident. So, um you know, just every time I saw the guy full of life and always smiling and happy. So, um, I like to think that he died happy and, uh, yeah, just, it sucks. It's tragic and, uh, uh, it's going to be missed. So, all right. So you, you guys know there's so many jokes and memes going around and so many people talking about that fucking slap hurt around the world. So, Dude, he slapped him. So many conversations. And here's another one. <laughs> Fellas, we're going to begin with this. Yeah. No, no one before- wants to jump in. No one wants to chime in on this at all. It's, are you guys just uh, burnt out of hearing about oh, it from oh, anywhere it, else? I, I, am, I am kind of burned out on it already. But before we even get into it, Am I the only one who watched the Oscars live? Did nobody else watch it like as it was happening? I was literally no, sleeping. Not you at guys, all. No. I woke up to the group thread that we have and you guys were all talking about it. I immediately went to TMZ and saw the Australian feed that they had put. No, they had the American feed that was censored and then I went to Reddit and someone posted the Australian feed and I watched it there. So I just I, I, will, guys, I, I was out. I was tired of shit Sunday night. Like I didn't want to spoil it because it was so much it, it was so amazing to like just watch that play out like not like you know going to look it up you you kind of have an idea of what's going to happen but like when that happened live like my wife and I were watching it and we were like is this a bit and then like <laughs> and then when it when it went silent you could tell for it was like a good like 10 to 15 seconds where you know, they edited and you couldn't hear what they were saying. And then they cut the Will Smith. I was like, I think that was real. I think he really just went up and fucking punched that guy in the face. And Hilarious, like, we had, dude. We, <laughs> we, we found it like three or four times. And then 
my wife actually called our neighbor and said, you got to come over here. We need somebody else to look at this and tell us if this is <laughs> you, need a, you need a second take. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just unfucking believable that, that that really happened. Justin texted us, and then my buddy Ryan texted me, and I was like, dude, what is going on? We're living in a world right now where Will Smith literally just slapped the piss out of Chris Rock, and he knows sold it. This is fucking awesome. This I is mean, the coolest fucking thing that will happen all week, no doubt. Did did Will Smith actually just commit career suicide with this? I mean, fuck well, that's yeah, and it was thing. glorious. <laughs> if, if, he's, if, he's been, if he's like starring in straight the Redbox movies in two years, then we know it's because he's he the next. The he's the next no, Nicholas dude, he ain't Cage. gonna be no Bruce right. Willis. There's only one Bruce Willis, and it ain't gonna be no fucking Will Smith because he just smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. Yeah, it, it's too early to tell how it's gonna play out because there are people that see both sides of it, so it's not like it's. It's a uniform consensus that he did something wrong. Some people there are think people, he did the right thing. There are people who think that he slapped them, and there are people who think that he won the award for best actor. Both are correct, but only one is morally correct. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you one thing. It certainly gave Chris Rock a massive overnight boost in uh, ticket sales for his upcoming comedy. Tour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see him right I mean, him. Chris Rock wins out of all this shit. <laughs> And he's special. He's got to have a contract with somebody. That's what I want to know. They're putting out a special, and it's going to be the funniest fucking thing you ever heard because he's going to shit on Will Smith for like 25 minutes solid, and he had every moment of it coming. I mean, the proper Chris Rock way of responding to the Smith's apology would be a bouquet of roses sent to the Smith family for the moment because they just pretty much just gave him everything he needed for, you know, everything he's got coming up. Like I said, he's got this big tour coming up that starts like now (laughs) and if i uh, were him i wouldn't say shit i wouldn't respond to it at all i would let it all be pr for the next stand-up that you got going that's fine i don't i don't think he's gonna he certainly i don't think is gonna go trash will smith if he talks about it i think he'll talk about how surreal it was but i I don't think he's gonna trash anybody in the process oh come on he'd be a fool to not bring this up during the tour this has got to be like everyone's, everyone's gonna be going now expecting him to talk about this, you know. I don't think he's gonna downplay him or it. shit on him, but he is definitely gonna rag hard on him, like rag on him, not really shit on him, just rag on him. You know what I mean? And I rightfully mean, so, he deserves it. Here's the thing that you know, I I'm still thinking about this 48 hours later, and like this is the one thing I've processed everything that I can about all of this. I've analyzed every second of footage, like everyone else has, because everyone's all of a sudden the. The next Joe Rogan UFC commentator can analyze every fucking fight and swing and punch and whatever. Uh, but uh, um, my thing about this is the fact that he laughed at the joke and then literally 2.8 seconds later was marching up towards Chris Rock. And I'm like, how does one person go from ha to I'm going to knock your fucking face in the dirt? Because like he saw he saw Jada's face and he immediately sprung into action. That's what it was. Because she obviously, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, she's rolling her like, eyes while he's yeah, laughing, and he looked over, saw that she was not happy about the you know joke made in poor taste in regards to her alopecia. Now when and knew he was right. in the doghouse, man. Um, and I'm willing to take him at his word because in his speech he said, he goes, I'm I'm kind of used to like people saying 
like I'm paraphrasing. He's, he said, I'm used to people saying bad things about me and I just kind of have to laugh it off and act like it doesn't bother me. And I think there might've even been some of that going on. Like he laughed because he's on the Academy Awards and the camera's going to be on him. And if he sits there with a puss on his face, he's going right. to look bad. Right. But then he just ended up looking infinitely worse for what actually ended up happening. Oh yeah. If he had oh, just sat definitely. there and even if he had, if he had, if the things that he said, if he had even just sat there and yelled that at the stage, that would have been bad enough. But I think people might have even understood that if he afterwards said, look, I was just defending my wife. Like the fact that he got up and walked up on the stage. I know. I can't believe this shit. I can't believe we're actually talking about this. Dude, it's the greatest, dude, that is the greatest thing I've ever fucking seen. You have and no idea. I have periodically throughout the past 72 hours been thinking to myself like, fuck you. Yeah. He slapped the piss out that man. And I'm never going to see anything better. <laughs> Do you guys the biggest think? kicker the biggest kicker about all this is the fact that it all started over a fucking G.I. Jane joke in 2022 <laughs> now, the funny thing think? about it is like I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off Corey, I, no, but the, the G.I. Jane joke nobody got that unless you actually have seen G.I. Jane with Demi Moore way back in the fucking 90s it's not a goddamn popular film those people are still watching today so nobody really got that joke except for the people that understand the fact that Demi Moore is a bald headed chick in that movie people you know got I mean? it but no one fucking laughed they, <laughs> yeah it wasn't the greatest joke in the world to be no it was, it was a terrible joke but I'm just saying like it's I don't know man it was uh what, what did Rock say that was a nice one right <laughs> All right, cool. You can finally speak now. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, no, we, Ed, you know, you, you and I already talked about it on the Kill Bill episode, so I don't have much yes. to add other than yes, like, do you think, uh, do you think next year they're gonna have like security guards surrounding the host or whoever it is? It's just gonna be like a bunch of bodyguards at a concert. They're gonna have to a fucking sure. guardrail in front, of, in between the stage and the the crowd. They're gonna have like guys. Everybody. Everybody presents the award and a catch. Yeah, that's man. something else that my coworker brought up is like, how in the fuck is it that Will Smith got out of his chair and marched up there and just smacked the piss out of him and nobody was like, um, what's he doing? Who would ever nobody? It's, it's nobody a was like, what the fuck is he doing? Because it's a formal event and everyone's expected. Well, he to formally act their slapped best. the piss out of that man. <laughs> but everyone's expect everyone that's expected from the academy to act their best and certainly not approach anyone and act physically violent, like in, especially in front of live cameras. The way that this, there's just so many elements to this that is just like I cannot believe this happened. I cannot believe this fucking happened. So many elements. Um, but, but yeah, and and. I, I can't believe we're even having this conversation. Um, I would say there's like to be serious, not I'm not to be serious about it, but J Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote a, a nice little essay about it, like really not going in hard, but condemning Will Smith for what he did. And it's I, I won't go into it. I'm just throwing it out there. If anybody's interested, I, I would go look that up. It's it's not long, and he he makes some really good points in it about um uh, you know just what a destructive thing bigger picture it was just like image wise, you know, it was not a good look. And then like not even a half hour later or so and, he gets up there and wins the best doctor award. Talk about an awkward moment. Like a yeah. fucking boss. I mean, minus <laughs> let's, let's just put the bullshit acceptance speech aside. Um, yesterday the Academy announced that they're going to, you know, 
launch a formal investigation into the matter. Now, where do we <laughs> see this going? Just watch it over and over. They they said that they opened they're going to review it like a play in the NFL. They got to review it. Huh? I don't know, dude. It's going to be like the NFL. It was it was it was it firm slappage. All the umpires are going to get together on on right. second base and, and know, hash it out. Come down on one way or the other with a decision. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, what what's are they going to do after all this is said and done? What do you think is going to happen, really? I mean, if it doesn't, if it doesn't fall in his favor, and this supposed academy investigation pans out their way to save face, if nothing else, he's got to rescind the Oscar. But how the hell does that look on a you know almost century old establishment? You know, to have that happen and still try to recover your name in time for next year. You know, I mean, the Oscars were getting to be a joke is a bit to be. Well, yeah, with. but that's not the conversation for another and then day. This right? happens. The, the Oscars and... themselves, they are a joke, but, you know, is and Will I've heard a lot of people, a lot, of... I've, a lot of people have been, you know, talking about this being staged for ratings and, 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 and you know, cred or whatever. Uh, that's just bullshit. This, you're insane. Yeah, and I, I said this on the Kill Bill episode, too. If you think this was staged, then you're delusional and you probably think everything is fake news still. Wake the fuck right. up. This shit actually happened. It actually transpired right before our very eyes. You didn't see anything that was, you know, and everyone even said, you know, in rehearsal, this did not happen. So it's no. It's not staged. Stop it. Just yeah, stop. it's. I mean, it's one of the most prestigious events that that the uh, known that a known that a public and they're not gonna they're not gonna. The Academy is not what? gonna stage in a some years. live television. They're not. Yeah, they're not gonna resort to not viral to marketing. Not to mention they're gonna to have try to get Will Smith say the word "fuck" not once but twice. You know, so the all the mics can catch it. No, no, this was well, not what staged. Is Will Fuck Smith, off. What does Will Smith or Chris Rock have to gain from it being like? Why would they be in on that? They would. That's just such a stupid thought. Like it, you can tell that whoever thinks that didn't really think it out. Like, what do they have to gain from that? Yeah. Neither one of them come out of that looking great. Like Chris Rock handled it as, about as well as you could, but he still like got open hand slapped in front of the world like who the fuck wants that right right exactly such a dumb it's not even a chris good rock thing. is like that's not like a good idea sign <laughs> me right up chris rock's like uh, what okay, so he's gonna do what come up and right. he's, and he's gonna come slap again. me oh okay how much am i getting paid for this again <laughs> yeah like he like chris rock doesn't need money like what is that what people think like they gave him two million dollars. Like what? What? Like what's the right number? What he would do that? Mister Rock, who do we make this two thousand or two million dollar check out to? Right. Oh God. Oh man, stop it. Uh, okay. Um. I've I, I've had yeah. It's let's it. um wrap up the investigation. Well, let's wrap up the, this whole Oscar. Uh, conversation and let, like talk about the fallout real quick. So it's yeah, it's it's came and went. We tried to do a uh, preview on last week's episode, but we ended up just fucking cancel. <laughs> it just fell. Man, through I don't know these movies face. are. If you'd have asked me last week who's going to win Best Actor, I would not have said Will Smith, but I also would not have said Will Smith would have smacked the piss out of Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have said Coda would have swept a lot of awards the way it did. Good I shot, said a few Corey. weeks ago. 
I called it a few weeks ago. Coda was going to be the best picture. Go back and listen. No, I, I believe you. I, I remember you saying it vaguely. Um, yeah. Other than that, did, did any anything really stand out? Um, no, I was the one that now, like I know the slap is the thing that everybody saw because most people didn't watch it. But take that out of pretend that that never even happened. As hard as that would be to do. Yeah. That show was a fucking train wreck from beginning to end without that even in there. Oh, oh can we the, talk about the immemorial part? Oh my god, that was one of the craziest things I ever saw. What the in my fuck life. was I listening to during that shit? What was that? <laughs> that was like the soundtrack to Sister Act 3. What the right. fuck? Like I I like like a good gospel music is really like like, you know, I'm not a religious person. But I can listen to good, like, old-timey There's gospel music. such There's, a it, thing as tune, and that was right. just the wrong And like tune. you said, that was that was so jiving. It was like, like you said, it was like the Sister Act band was out there singing. It was so upbeat. I was like, what right. the fuck? Is, is Whoopi Goldberg going to, like, turn around as one of the, you know, singers or something? Because they had all and those the various was, stars up there. They had Jimmy Lee Curtis and her dog. They had fucking, uh, uh, what was his, uh, they had a bunch of other people up there. Like, in, uh, Bill Murray was up there at one part. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the fact that they omitted Bob Saget, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, they did. Real quick, though. Um, so, apparently, Jessica Chastain won uh, the, uh, the award for... Um, Boys, what the fuck is the eyes of Tammy Faye? I've never heard of this movie before in my life. I watched it. I watched. I, I watched it. I watched it. She plays Tammy Faye too. Baker. Actually, it was. I was enter. I was entertained. Right. You know me. Like like you and I always talk about. I, I like those type of biopics where it's like telling me a story. You know, I remember yeah. from my youth. So I remember the whole PTL thing and stuff. And yeah, there's throughout most of the movie, I'm like, like, where the fuck is Chastain at under there? So she does a hell of a job. And yeah, have you ever seen the real Tammy Faye Baker, you know, speak live on television between interviews or evangelism and shit? She, she just pretty, looks goofy. She fucking nailed Yeah, I, I would recommend the yeah, was, actual uh, documentary called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I, it's the conversation we had last week. I'd rather see the documentary. I thought the movie was a piece of garbage, but I'd rather like just watch the documentary. Don't bother. I mean, you know, if you All like right. that sort of thing, I guess. Yeah, watch. I love documentaries. I'll definitely. Yeah, I'd say watch out. the documentary because it is heard an interesting story. It's an interesting story. All right. It is. It is. It is. But yeah, it was. Um. Yeah, it was basically like a, a a giant. She was involved in a giant religious scandal with, like, televangelism and stuff, or alongside her husband, Reverend Jim Baker. But you guys were barely pipsqueaks when that went on. Justin, I remember we were kids. All right, uh, moving along. So, news came out this afternoon. Now, remember, we're recording this on Tuesday. For those who are curious. Um, it is apparently getting a prequel series on HBO Max called Welcome to Dairy. Um, I'm not the world's biggest It fan. As opposed, uh, I, I like the, I like. I'm not a fan of the miniseries from the '90s. Uh, I liked Chapter One. I thought Chapter Two was the worst film of what was that 2019? 
2020, <laughs> whenever, whenever it came out, I thought it was the worst film. I remember you there. hated it. It was atrocious. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking, I'm reading more about this. Uh, it's by the way, it's ever from the Angler and also uh, Variety added some information of their own, and um, it's apparently it's going to be the origins of Pennywise the Clown taking place 27 years before the events of the 2017 film. Now, here's the thing. Again, not the world's biggest It fan, but correct me if I'm wrong, fellas, isn't Pennywise an alien entity or something like that? Do we need, a, do we need an origin story for a fucking alien? What the hell is this? What am I reading? Is it going to be like sci-fi related? Like you're going to see him on the spaceship or some shit? Like blasting in... Like, I don't know. I, I'm not on board either, Ed. I don't The first one was good. The second one wasn't good. I don't know. I'm not, it just I'm says, not super excited about it this. Says, it says the series would likely explore the origin story of Pennywise the Clown as well as the dawn of the 27-year curse that haunts the small main town. The report goes on to state that while the project hasn't officially been greenlit, Snyder's sources are telling him that a writer's room is being has been convened for the project and the variety adds that the series will begin in the 60s in the time leading up to the events of it part one from 2017 uh the story is also said to include the origin story of pennywise and that andy and uh barbara muschietti are on board as producers because that's always the case uh I'm confused though. I like I thought Pennywise was around a lot longer than that. Like according to the movies. Oh hell yeah, that's what I don't too. understand about it. Yeah, I mean, at some point you got to show him back in like the 1600s, where he's being being fed a baby down that well. You know what I mean? Is that is that is that what happens? Nobody's in the got the balls to go there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, where's the fucking world turtle? I have no clue what the exactly. fuck that is. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's in the book. Like the the world wrestle a giant turtle, <laughs> and yeah, and Pennywise. I swear to God, what the oh, fuck? Wow. You think I'm making this shit up? I know you're not. That's why I, I don't like Stephen King. I don't like reading his books for that fucking reason. It's just so weird. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, there's got to be a lot of material in that stuffed in that fucking thing because it is a fucking book. That thing is so thick. I can only imagine the shit that's crammed into that story. Now here's the thing. I I never. I couldn't care less about it. So I only saw parts of the first one. Didn't see any of the second one. But everyone seems to agree that the second one was a piece of shit. Oh, it was terrible. made by this. It is so bad. How, like a year later, how could it be so totally different from the first one? What's so bad and so different about it? Um, it's that it's is a good question. A I've always wondered that. Completely different tone. First off, it is a lot darker, weirder. I, I don't know. Some of the casting choices that are in it are questionable. Uh, they get Bill Hader in it for uh, obvious comic relief in a film that does not need comic relief. It's not anything that just warrants anything comedy sense or anything like that at all. Nothing funny about the movie. 
Um, It opens up with a very, very, very unneeded and unnecessary and fucking just vile, like, homophobic attack. Um, Yeah, it was... I think part of the inherent problem with all of the adaptations is I think it's a lot more compelling when it's kids battling an evil clown versus adults. I don't know. I, I, I think that's part of the problem. It's like I can buy kids being scared of this clown and having those type of fears. Whereas the adults, especially in this part two that came out, like it's just the same shit rehashed from the last movie or dumb shit. Like uh, when I, I, Beverly, like she's in the apartment and it, it is kind of creepy at the beginning. And then this stupid CGI old woman comes out and I'm just like, oh, fuck, this sucks. And then I yeah, just plus exactly plus yeah, in chapter two the, there's the ghosts and shit like that and also there's um there's just the the, the part one is kind of it, it has that old school you know Amblin kids feel you know, you've got that group of kids again that it, and it it feels it actually does feel like you're watching an 80s sort of movie with these this group of kids whereas the new, the next film, you know, it's just them as adults, and it's just okay that this we've seen this shit before in thousands of movies. What were you gonna say, Sean? Oh, different writers um, too. I just confirmed that uh, no, chapter one it, and chapter two have different writers. I was gonna say uh, chapter two comes off a lot more hackneyed. It's not like there's not enough. There's not as much TLC there that could have been to make it a compelling, you know, closure of the story. Um, I think it was, I, I don't want to say it was rushed, but nobody knew if it was going to come and then suddenly it got greenlit. And I don't think they took enough time to polish it. Is there a good movie in there somewhere? I think so, yeah. Well, there was also the fact um, that... You're right also about... The, the fact that Carrie Fukunaga was a part of Chapter 1 for the longest time and then left, and then they brought in the Buschettis. And, yeah, because Part 1 took a long time to come out because of the whole, you know, Carrie Fukunaga. And also, his he's also... He, talking about the writers he's credited as one of three writers in the first movie and in the second film it's just one writer it's one of the three here but it's the the bottom the, the, the third tier the third build writer of the bunch is the, the only writer for the second chapter and that's uh uh gary uh dauberman who i'm not even familiar with he oh he because he wrote yeah, the fucking so, annabelle movie. like that's i said why. there's that's what he's known for there's 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 potential it, it, if given more time and better polish there's potential for a better movie in there for chapter two well we're never gonna see it because they um, they blew the load but it yeah went and it sucked major fucking ass well yeah you're right you're right you're right as far as this whole prequel thing i mean i'm not waiting on bated breath Will I flip on the max when there's nothing else to watch and see what it's about? Sure. And cost me. It's a ridiculous idea to milk the IP because they can. And I'm not buying into it because it's just, I'm not. Milk the IP. No, I'm sorry. I don't need this shit in my life. If if I'm going to sit down and dedicate eight hours minimum to a TV series, it's sure as shit ain't going to be a fucking prequel 
to tell me how Pennywise the Clown became a fucking <laughs> clown when he's a fucking alien to begin with. Fuck off. He's not battling a giant you space You sound personally turtle. insulted, Ed. Like, they're making this just to fuck with you or something like that. I feel I like they are, for Christ's sake. God damn it. Can we move the fuck on before I have an aneurysm talking about this bullshit? So Val Kilmer, the Iceman. Next. He is returning. We've talked about this, but now we've got the scoop. Well, I do. You were about to find out. Um, I was reading an interview on Joe Blow yesterday, and I just wanted to uh, bring this up. So he's definitely in the film for those curious. And if you haven't checked out the final trailer that was dropped today, um, that all but confirms he's definitely in it. Um, and we'll be that talking about that, that coming up. We'll be talking about yeah, that was... coming up. Hang on. Uh, that's, you know. I was hoping he was more than just <laughs> well, you know the final product he's going to be, you know. They're, they're saving his appearance for the actual film, you know. Uh, so the producer, Bruckheimer, said that uh, Tom Cruise was insistent that Kilmer came back. He demanded it. He said, uh, we have to have Val. We have to have him back. We have to have him in the film. And he said he was the driving force. We all wanted him, but Tom was really adamant that if he's going to make another Top Gun, Val had to be in it. And then they said that when he was on set for his scene, um, because, again, they're going off of the implication that he's only in one scene, which I guess we all kind of assumed to begin with. Um, yeah. It was a very emotional uh, moment for everyone that was involved. So he's in it. Uh, and I'm, I'm still curious as to how they, they're going to handle this. Uh, I think they pretty much said in the trailer that he's now the, the head. What's, what, are the, what is that called? The captain, I guess. Yeah. He'll be sitting behind a desk. He'll have a scene with right. Tom Cruise. Where he tells them to go teach the class or some shit like that. So be- is he is he going to talk and they're gonna like you, they're gonna fake his voice in or have, have, have him like move his lips and then have like <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? You don't get that. It's gonna be like a kung fu movie. His mouth it's like is here, 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 Mister Kilmer. Something else. Here, Mister Kilmer, please mouth this dialogue and we're gonna we're gonna throw your uh, voice in uh, in post. No, it'll be. Now, would you know? I I would hope they would do him the honor of you know he delivers his lines and with his you know his voice box. I do too. And if you have to, you'll you 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 incorporate That's the injury exactly what's in there gonna Tom Cruise is going to walk in the office. He's going to be sitting in a chair. Tom Cruise <laughs> is going to be like. Good, I wasn't even aware. You. What happened to Val Kilmer exactly? He's got throat cancer, and he talks with one of those voice boxes now. And so Tom Cruise is going to walk in and, and say, good to see you, Iceman. So how's the treatment taken? And he'll like say something back about his treatment with the voice box and that'll address it. And then they'll move on. And then he'll be like, but that, that's not why you're here, Maverick. I need you to teach the Top Gun class. That's scene and scene. That's going to be it. So don't Justin, get your hopes up for anything beyond that. I thought you were going to say Tom Cruise is going to walk in and like <laughs> punch him in the throat. Slap him. <laughs> what the fucking fuck? <laughs> no, they're buddies. They're friends at this point. I swear, that's what I thought it you were going to say. Like fucking Will Smith. Yeah, exactly. Him. That's going to be in every movie for the next six months, just people getting slapped. And then he walks back <laughs> and he goes, keep my wife's name out your fucking <laughs> mouth. Oh, God, that's great. Oh, man. All right. So, originally, 
this week on the show, we were going to be talking about Bruce Willis and the whole Razzie thing, because apparently he had his own category, and I think it was Cosmic Sin 1. But we recorded the episode on Tuesday, and then Wednesday morning... And then Wednesday morning, a uh, the Wednesday morning the news dropped about Bruce Willis, and uh, just uh, it, it it warrants this conversation because like I feel I don't know I got a, I got a lot of just thoughts about this, and uh, it's it, it, number one first and foremost it sucks it's it's very tragic I mean. I had heard rumors, Justin, I think we had talked about it briefly here and there, about things that we had heard, especially off that Red Letter Media video <clears throat> and their follow-up since then. And, uh, you know, basically the news that dropped is that Bruce Willis has retired from acting because he has, what is it called again? Aphasia. Aphasia. Forgive my ignorance. I'm, I just have I've never heard of it before today or, or uh, this week. Um, and basically, what it is is he has problems uh, communicating, understanding. It's it's like a language barrier that you know he can't help. And uh, uh, I've been I, I read something this morning. Now this is Thursday. We're recording this part that kind of shine a light on a lot of the uh, ordeal and um, one of the things that Red Letter Media pointed out in the latest video is that he's been wearing an earpiece and having lines fed to him in a lot of movies uh, lately and it actually showed and um, a, a bunch of them you can actually see it you know if you they, they zoomed in for it and you can see the uh, the earpiece so they had to they had to do the same thing when he was on stage for misery. They had to feed him his lines through an earpiece when he was on Broadway. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they met, they mentioned that in that video. They said that's they, they surmised that's where it started. Yeah. With, with that. said it's been about seven years now, but yeah, like he was, you know, most of the film or most of the play, he's in bed, obviously, like James Conn character in the movie. But yeah, he couldn't remember his lines, and he had somebody backstage feeding him through earpiece. Well, this article I read this morning, he's basically been saying that I think they quoted that he's done like twenty-two films in the last four years. Yeah, and you know they they mentioned the whole earpiece thing, and this is something that was news to me. Uh, at least once or twice on set. His condition was so bad that he was accidentally, you know, discharging firearms on set. And luckily no one was hurt. But, I mean, I'm reading it like it's a whole Alec Baldwin situation all over again. Except, you know, fortunately no one was hurt. You know? Um, and it's over. Where did you read that, Ed? Um, a woman from Variety. I forgot her name. I should have saved the link. I read it this morning and didn't even think twice. Um, it was on Twitter, and it, 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 a reporter from Variety. It was verified. So, um, yeah, he was he was points. he was missing his cues. He was firing the gun too early. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And um, you know, some I read the comments to on the article and. You know, a lot of people are calling it elder abuse, 
and and asking like you know who who's behind all this because apparently he was getting paid like one to two million dollars each film. Yeah, the so, um, yeah, his, do the his, math, Mister. His handlers bank. Yeah, his handlers stipulated no more than two days a week, eight hours a day, with a guaranteed two million dollar minimum. Right, and uh, he and it's probably like he, you know, in hindsight now, he probably he's probably known for a while he's had this condition, so he might have been churning these movies out just to stock up money, true, to, either for medical bills true. or to leave something to his kids like you know bruce mm-hmm. willis has money obviously yeah. but you know when, when your health is in decline you can never have enough you know yeah well I've, i also read that he wasn't aware of like or wasn't fully cognizant of the output for the last couple of years like right. the type of stinkers he was doing he had no clue not only that like he was just kind of like symptoms of dementia like people would have conversations with him and he would forget what they were talking about and stuff like this this these sorts you know these kind of things were happening and you know we've been doing this fewer cast thing for almost two months now and we've got this category uh about bruce willis and you know all because of his string of all these shit that he's been putting out more to be blunt um and now hearing this i mean number one um i'm retiring this category i can't be doing that no more um i i I feel terrible um but i just want to take this time to talk and celebrate this man's career this is bruce fucking willis guys this is john mcclain yeah and before and before you get into that, and you know, for what it's worth, I, I wouldn't feel bad. And here's the reason why: not because I'm a monster, or you guys are monsters. It like Bruce Willis has had a reputation going back to at least cop out. So we're talking at least 15 years, if not longer, where he had a reputation just for being prickly. You know what I mean? Right, so yeah. there, there was a little bit of like Schadenfreude and kind of seeing him doing these straight the red box movies it's like well it just seemed like he had burned so many bridges in hollywood that this is where he ended up right and not that he owed anybody an explanation or to put his medical business out there but nobody had any like i i mean if this was out there i had never heard about it until this week or 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 at least until the red letter media guys hinted at it about two weeks ago so it's like we made jokes based on the fact that it looked like he had just sort of committed a, a career suicide in a way um you know nobody yeah we, we, didn't, we didn't we didn't know the severity of it right I yeah, that. yeah. I, I wouldn't feel bad now if we're if you're still making jokes about it at this point knowing what we know then that's that's right, dickish right, right. but i mean you know that's why we're gonna pump the brakes on that obviously and just yeah well, i mean the the razzie the razzies have already rescinded that shit they did last week I know, um, I know, I know. And and even Kevin Smith came out and was like, you know what? I kind of put my foot in my mouth a little bit. You know, sorry for coming off like an asshole. It's a shame. Yeah, I read you that know? tweet. Yeah. yeah. I read a lot of tweets. Uh, people that worked with him over the years. William Sadler said something. Obviously, the Kevin Smith one you alluded to. Um, just a lot of people um, are just coming out and just celebrating a career of someone who fucking deserves it i mean we're going back from new lighting days and 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 of course john mcclain um 
I've never actually sat here and thought, like, what's my favorite Bruce Willis film overall? Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it, of course I'm going to say Die Hard with a Vengeance probably more than anything else. Cause that's just, we, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Any, anything, what else should we talk about? Like, what else does everyone love around here? Bruce Willis, you know. Well, you think Bruce Willis, I, I, what else I, comes to mind other than Die Hard? Yeah, I was going to say, for me, it's obviously Die Hard. But I'll tell you what, another one I could throw up there that I love almost as much as it's not as good a movie as Die Hard. I, I've said it on here before. I'll say it again. Die Hard, the best American action movie ever made. Flawless movie. But Agreed. The Last Boy Scout yep. is a fucking yes. amazing movie. Yep. Fucking movie. That's you took the words right out of my mouth, buddy. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Last Boy Scout. Me too. Fan. And um, I was at Soundgarden today and and bought Blind Date. Not necessarily as a tribute to Bruce Willis. I would have bought it anyway. It was three ninety nine. Why not? Right. Um, that that's. Uh, sort of an underrated and Sean I'm sure you being the Blake Edwards fan that you are I'm sure you got a soft spot for blind yeah so I saw it in the theater yeah yeah same here North Point movie so yep. that, that that's an, that's an early Bruce Willis movie that sort of is falling falling aside a little bit as far as its reputation but that I've always found that to be a funny movie yeah um, one for me is- as, as 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 you know Shitty of a rep as Michael Bay's Armageddon gets. I'm a sucker for it every yeah. fucking time. Same here. We're, every we're, time. Yeah, I we can't. already announced it. We're covering that in May. Doing a Bay. Yeah, I mean, I I tear I tear up like a schoolgirl at the end every time it kicks in with that Aerosmith song, and he says goodbye to Liv Tyler from when space. He rips, yeah. he rips the patch off of uh, uh-huh. Affleck's suit and pushes him out. Yeah. And then shit. he talks, and yeah, and, and then it's the, you know that, um, yeah, yeah, that Aerosmith song comes up and like just gets me right in the feels, man. Yeah, I tell you what, you know that Bruce had a hell of a run from like the mid nineties to yeah, know, I would say from uh, let's say Twelve Monkeys to Sixth Sense was a hell of a run. I mean, in between those two films, you had shit like. The Jackal. I'm a Jackal fan. Salt in the Theater. Fifth Element. Fifth Element. Exactly. Same year. That's a big one for me. Um, what's that sound? I love you to death. Before. T- was he in that? Oh, that's right. He was the husband, right? Yeah. 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 That's right. I forgot about that. Um. Yeah. Armageddon. Just like like you said. Um, this I'm a big striking distance fan. Not at all a good movie. No, yeah, it's it is such like a striking fun. distance. Yeah, it Jessica is, Parker. It, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah it's just Dennis it, Farina, just, Tom Sizemore. Yeah, yeah, it's a great cast. Yeah, yeah. they filmed that in uh, Pittsburgh. Yep. Because uh, I think uh, I think Tom Atkins has a role in that movie. I think you're right. Um, but if you think about it, like he, he's had ups and downs like most people with a career that long but like at least me not speaking for anybody else i kind of forget like up until the past two years like he still has been making like the occasional big moves like he he had the whole um 
M Night M Night Shyamalan thing with uh, the the, un, uh, the unbreak yeah the unbreakable sequels and and you know whatever you want to call them that series like that you know what was Glass three four years ago yeah yeah three years ago so I mean he he's been consistently throughout his career you know may, maybe not consistently but but periodically like he'll he'll have a run and then it'll be a little bit of a fallow period but he's he's always been in the game more or less with at least one at least solid one every few years you know yeah um trying to say like he you know and and I mean, pulp fiction man haven't mentioned oh that. god that, yeah that's pulp fiction nice gonna be covering that one this year too pulp fiction yeah um <laughs> his cameo in Loaded Weapon 1 as, as John McClane. <laughs> they shoot, shoot up his house and shit. And he's like, Nah, it's the wrong house. You want to go down that way? Nah, uh, this is 23B. Yeah. Say, like, sorry. He's like, Yeah, don't mention it. <laughs> and one of his later ones uh, was Looper. I'm a huge fan of that movie. I yeah, he was yeah, Looper. yeah, Looper was good. Looper was good. Looper, I keep forgetting about that one. Yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. Um, you know the 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 die. Hard, all right, so going back to Die Hard. Um, um, you guys want to cover them films this year? You say let me do a month and do like the first four. None of us want to watch the fifth film, do we? Do we? Did we want to cover a good day to Die Hard? Because it will not be a good day to record. I I have. <laughs> I have I have started that film three times and never got more than like forty minutes through it, and I'm like, what am I doing to myself? It's, is that the one set in Russia? It's in Russia. Yeah, 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 yeah. With his with his son. I by the time of four and five, I kind of confused the two of those in my head. I've never seen either it's, one. Start it's literally an hour and a half of Bruce Willis uh, yelling at Russians like he's like they're in a fucking America or something. Like he's telling him to speak English and shit, and I'm like, "You're not <laughs> in the fucking U.S. Come on, man." <laughs> four's not movie. terrible, huh? Four's not terrible. I like four. four Die Hard Four's I, not I terrible. I like Live Free or Die it's Hard. Okay. It's okay. Film right here in yeah, Baltimore, baby. It's not bad. Um, Alpha Dog. I forget he was in Alpha Dog, man. Fuck yeah, he was uh, Joss Johnny True Love's father. Um. I mean, and you know what else he was in recently within the past decade was uh, Moonrise Kingdom. I didn't see that. Kind of an unexpected thing for him to be in. I did see Rock the Casbah that he was in. That is, I heard that one was bad, so I didn't see that. that one, it the, wasn't I that like, bad. No, I like Rock the Casbah, the one with Bill is Murray. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It's Barry Levinson flick. Oh, is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah, it's Levinson. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad. I mean, shit, if it's if it's on, you got, you know, two hours of kill, there's worse ways to waste your time. Because was it? Yeah, but that's, that's a reason to watch that one with uh, Tina Fey. That's, it seems like it's almost maybe the same movie, that uh, Whiskey. Tango, uh, Tango Fox. Fox. Yeah, I, I tried yeah, watching they, that. I did kind of feel that there's, there's a similar vibe there, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, Rock the Casbah is funny. It's built just, you know, Bill Murray. Like shining, yeah. so and it wasn't he, Joe GI Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was Joe. Right. He was yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Them. You know what? A really underrated 
Bruce Willis movie is Hostage. Where are you guys yeah. at on Hostage? <laughs> I could take it or leave it. I can care less. No? Yeah. It was okay. Ben Foster? Yeah. Is a lunatic? No? Yeah, I feel Kevin like I haven't Pollock? seen that before. Kevin Pollock? No? <laughs> oh, I like Hostage. I've always liked Hostage. Uh, I like Bandits too, the one that he did with Billy Bob. Speaking yeah, of it's Levinson. another Barry Levinson yeah. flick. Yeah, yeah, Bandits is funny. I do like Bandits? Um, he's got a lot of good movies. So many good movies. Um, Justin, it's funny you mentioned um, Last Boy Scout because earlier I was thinking, um, swear to God, I was thinking about sneaking it into the schedule this month and covering it. <clears throat> What do you guys I'm think? The, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm down for that. You know me, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a Shane Black flick. So. Yeah, in a few weeks we'll get together and do it. We'll, we'll make it like a special like Thursday episode or something. Because yeah. Yeah. I've already got yeah. the rest of the weeks lined up. So That was, uh, what, Tony uh, Tony Scott, right? Tony Scott, yeah. yeah it's Tony, Scott, but... Tony Scott, yes, sir. See, you heard it here first. Coming this month. Gonna be doing the last Boy Scout, and the next month for Bayham, of course, look out for Armageddon. So we got some Bruce Willis uh, stuff coming up. Good, and then probably later on this summer, we'll not the Die Hard films out because I've always been, I've always wanted to you know cover the Die Hards because obviously it's fucking Die Hard, but you know we'll get to them. Uh, but for now, like I said, you got those two films. So yeah. That's where we're at with this situation. Um, obviously, like I said, we're going to be retiring the Bruno category. Um, and uh, Yeah, everybody forgets about his run as Bruno Rattellini. What was it, Bruno and the Heaters, Justin? Remember? Uh, he released that. Yeah, I remember Bruno. I, I can't remember the name of the band. I think it was Bruno right. and the Heaters, but yeah. Yeah, it yeah he, his character, he was, you know, did a, that like, you know, Rocky Blues album, you know, as Bruno yeah. Rattellini. Yeah, Around the time he was, when he was, um, when he was shilling for Seagram's Golden Wine Coolers. Remember that shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had, I had that Bruno album, you know, years. Oh, ago. I had it on cassette. Do you really? Yeah, I had it on. I, I, no, I don't now. I had the, I, I had the twelve inch. I don't know whatever happened to it. Express yourself. I think that was the single. Yeah, it was, it was. But that was just obviously you could tell from that, like even that video, it was just literally Bruce Willis sucking his own dick, you know. And, oh yeah. On on a big mountain of cash, just like you know feeding his <laughs> ego, you know. So God love him. You tried, you know. Um. I guess we can all just go, I guess, around Robin and say something, whatever we want, uh, before we get out of here and hang this part up. But uh, I guess I'll start. And uh, look, he had a hell of a ride, hell of a run, and uh, uh, a lot of a lot of fucking classics, a lot of gems. Uh, he did more than enough for us. And uh, yeah, hopefully he just uh, enjoys his retirement uh, as best as he can, obviously. Because uh, he deserved it. He deserves it. He's earned it. He's earned this moment. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate uh, the way it went down. But, uh, you know, like I said, yeah, 
he don't know a shit. And I'm thankful for everything that he did give us. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a fan since I was a kid. Um, Moonlighting is one of my top ten favorite TV shows of all time. I remember in middle school, I used to try to model myself after David Addison. I even had, like, you know, the Ray-Bans with the gold wire frame underneath. You know, I was trying to, like, emulate the cool that Bruce Willis was personifying in the mid-'80s when I was a kid. So, definitely had an impact on me. And I was always, you know, first in line opening weekend, uh, you know, to see the latest Bruce Willis flick. And then, you know, after, like we said, after a while... You know, the, the the quality started going downhill as, you know, his onset reputation started coming out. So, you know, it kind of put him in the back of my mind. And it sucks that, you know, it took this kind of news to bring him back to the forefront and me to appreciate his work. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad at least we have what we have, you know. Right. Corey or Justin? Go ahead, Corey. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I've always been a huge fan. Uh, I'm with you, Justin. I think Die Hard is, if not the best, one of the best uh, American action films. Probably one I've seen up there, like uh, with one of the movies I've watched the most throughout the years. Um, I've always been a fan of Bruce Willis. He was more of like an everyman than a Schwarzenegger or a Stallone. Yeah. Uh, so I always appreciated that about him. Uh, Fifth Element is one of my favorite sci-fi movies. There's just so out there. Uh, and he was really good in that. So that always stands out. Uh, and I, you know, even though we didn't know about it, I still feel bad about laughing at him. Oh, sorry. That's all right, dude. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Um, but, you know, I still feel bad about making fun of him. Whether I knew about it or not, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Yeah. I don't know the whole situation. If someone was kind of forced him to work or if he was just trying to take care of his family, but either way, it's gotta be terrible. Cause I mean, I read up on it. Like it can be either he can't understand people either, you know, he won't make any sense while talking or both. Like it can be a multitude of different things. Right. So, Meanwhile, in his head, he knows what he wants to say, but by the time it gets to his mouth, it's just, you know, it's, it's yeah. like word salad. Yeah. It's just, you know, I, like I said, I just still feel bad about it. But yeah, because you know, yeah, I, uh, I think I'm sorry, Corey. I didn't mean to cut you off real quick. I just yeah. wanted to say really, really quick. Aphasia is a symptom, not a disease. It's important to people. It's it's important for people to know that to understand that that it's yeah. Not, I mean, it's, it's a symptom and not a disease. As for for all we know, they could have covered up a stroke a few years ago that nobody knew about. You know. And it could have that yep. could have very well been what brought all this on is a stroke. And anyway, to finish mine up, uh, you know, I just think he'll go down as one of the biggest movie stars of the era, one of the best uh, action stars. Uh, he always brought a lot of charisma to the screen, and for a long time there, I always looked forward to what he was going to be in next. So, um, yeah, again, thoughts and prayers go out to his family, and thank you, Bruce. All right, Justin. Yeah, so um, like Sean, like I, you know, I I grew up watching Moonlighting, and um, I don't know for like for like Ed and Corey, I don't know if you guys ever you might have been too young at the time, or if you ever watched Moonlighting in reruns or caught it at some point. But if you never watched Moonlighting, it, it's 
easy to forget that Bruce Willis was thought of as a, a comedic actor when he started out. Yeah. Uh, you know, Blind Date was his first film. That was a comedy. So when he did Die Hard, there weren't really much many expectations for it. It wasn't like this big rollout, like the new big blockbuster action movie. People were kind of skeptical, like, oh, Bruce Willis as an action star, because like Corey said, it was the time of uh, Schwarzenegger and Stallone, and there were no everyman kind of action heroes. That wasn't a thing. Bruce Willis kind of created that niche. Um, and that's what made Die Hard so good and so different is he wasn't a Superman. He was a guy who was, you know, he's running around barefoot and he's scared and doesn't know what the hell he's doing and making it up as it, as he goes along. And he's cracking jokes at his own expense. And that, that was a completely different take on that sort of movie, you know, a really unique take. And that that's part of the reason why I don't care for or care about the sequels, because that to me, it was like a lightning in a, a bottle situation yeah. when you try to create it. When you try to recreate it for sequels, it dilutes part of what made the first one so special. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it just for that movie alone. It, it, yeah, I would owe him a debt of gratitude. The amount of hours I've spent watching Die Hard over the years. But like I said, The Last Boy Scout, I've seen that movie countless times. Um, Pulp Fiction, you know, I can't count the number of times I've seen that. So the guys provided me with a lot of entertainment over the years. And, um, you know, I certainly appreciate some of my favorite movies are, are Bruce Willis movies. So I, I definitely appreciate it. And I'm sad that, that he's going through this. He is an old guy. Luckily, I was, we talked about it the other day. I was shocked to learn he just had a birthday recently. Yeah, yeah did, just didn't think of Bruce Willis being that old. Yeah. So uh, that it's you kind of expect this thing of old guys sometimes. So it, it, it makes it not so much of a tragedy, although it's still extremely sad news. Makes you it, hate to hear it. Makes it a little bit easier to swallow the pill. Yeah. You know, it didn't happen to 45 year old Bruce Willis. So, right. it, you know, um, I hope, you know, he's whatever he's choosing to do with the rest of his life. I, I hope it's fulfilling and, and satisfying and he can enjoy it. And it's not just, constant uh medical battle but you know wish the guy the best yeah absolutely yeah i hope he's at peace and uh yeah in closing i just want to say yippee-ki-yay motherfucker yippee-ki-yay motherfucker <laughs> let's jump over to coming attractions coming soon to theaters and the only trailer that i have to talk about this week is <laughs> Ironically enough, Top Gun, Maverick. What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they gonna get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. It's 
want to manage expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. We're going into combat on a level no living pilot's ever seen. Not even him. You think up there you're dead. Believe me. My dad believed in you. I'm not going to make the same mistake. Someone's not coming back from this. Those are your pilots. Anything happens to them. You will never forgive yourself. No turning back now. Yet. Final trailer dropped this morning. Uh, told you guys to watch it. I, I sure as hell did myself. And here are my thoughts. I'll start this off. Uh, so, I've said before on the show that I am not the biggest Top Gun fan. I've... I'm a casual Top Gun fan, if that's even a thing, because I'm just not in the 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 the, the force and all that. It's just I don't know. Um, and we all know Top Gun. Everyone's seen Top Gun. If you're a fan of films, you you at least know about Top Gun. So, uh, I guess what I'm getting at is what 35 years later now, does this movie warrant a sequel? Does it is it actually going to live up? You know. To both the hype and the the original, uh, I don't know. It could, and even if it does, it nope. I, it's not going to phase me. So where I'm are you guys lie. on this? I'm not going to lie. I thought there was a sequel already. It was well, called Iron Eagle. Let's start. <laughs> well, that's really I all I say. Right. That's yeah. really all no I pandemic. Say. It would have already been out two years ago when it came out. Uh, but no, no. I'm just are. saying. I thought there was one in like the early '90s or something like that that I just never gave a fuck about. To watch. Okay, so uh, I told you guys to watch the new and final trailer, and hopefully you guys did. So yeah, going around, Robin, I did. did this new trailer sell you any more? If you were, did this movie sell? Did this trailer sell you at all in this movie? If it had yes already, and, yeah, yes and no. And before I go into it, yes, there are such things as casual Top Gun fans because I'm one too. So if there's two, at least two of us, then okay. it's got to be. There we go. Cool. Um, right. And I, you know, I was a teenager when Top Gun came out, and it was like the biggest movie of the year. And even back then, I was like, it was a cool movie. You know, I've I've seen it a handful of times. I watch it every once in a while, but I was never that blown away by it. Um, and this one, it looks like a typical sequel. Like so much of it just looks like beat for beat shit that happened in the first one, down to Miles Teller playing Anthony Edwards' son. And having the same shitty mustache that Anthony Edwards had in Top Gun. It's like, <laughs> right. are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're, you're like going to call back that much kind of shit? Like, I'm just so sick of this garbage in movies with all this nostalgia, man. I hate it. That being said, the aerial stuff looks really cool. And I'll, I'll, I'll watch it on cable just for that at some point. So, 
you know, I'm not looking forward to Paramount Plus in July. Yeah, you know, I'll watch. Not even then. Like, when it comes on, like, basic cable, like, I'll watch it with commercials or something. Like, I'm not that enthused for it, but (laughs) that aerial footage does look pretty cool. Is that, like, a modern-day insult? (laughs) I'll watch that shit on cable with commercials. With with commercials. (laughs) (laughs) Like, goddamn, pal. (laughs) That's how long I'm going to wait to see it. Oh, shit. Um, uh, uh, Corey, how about you, man? I haven't heard your voice in this conversation much. Yeah, because I don't give a shit. I, I watched the new trailer. <laughs> he said, I won't even watch it on cable with commercials. You couldn't show me clips of this on YouTube. He's like, why the fuck you got to go and pull me into this goddamn conversation right now? The only way I'm going to watch this shit is if my wife watches it and I'm there. Like, that's going to be it. Uh, I mean, is, I don't is watch it. Is it going to take your breath away? Berlin yeah. style? I mean, I watched the trailer. I don't even remember the previous trailers, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what was different about it. I mean, it looks fine. It it looks okay. I don't think it needed a sequel. I'm on board with Justin's idea of Tom Cruise punching the shit out of Val Kilmer, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I noticed in this trailer is uh, there's a funeral scene. So let's go around and guess uh, who gets killed. Anyone? Val any, Kilmer. Any, any guesses? You Fucking think it's Val, Val Kilmer. Kilmer. Fucking Val Kilmer. Kills him. <laughs> 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 He's in <laughs> Fatality. Oh shit! That's great. That is fucking great. Uh no, is that what you think? You think it's gonna be Val Kilmer who like suddenly? No, goes, it's got it. I mean, it could possibly be, but. You gotta figure like one or two of the pilots probably gotta get killed. You think it's gonna? Me. You think it's gonna be uh, Miles Teller following the footsteps uh, of his I old mean, man? Based on the rest of the shit I saw in that commercial, down to like uh, a shot that's reminiscent of the volleyball scene and a shot that's reminiscent of them singing "You've Lost That Loving Same. Feeling." Yeah, yeah. Then, then yeah, I mean they might as well just recreate the entire fucking movie at this point. They're going to bring back Kelly McGillis to kill her off in the opening scene. <laughs> it was her funeral. Yeah. Uh, shit. I don't know. I guess the world will find out on May 27th when Top Gun Maverick comes to theaters. What's Sean going to say? Have you said anything about Top Gun at all? Are you a Top Gun guy? I mean, look, any... What what little enthusiasm yeah, I, see, I, I had know, for I this project several years ago has petered out and I get like like as far as selling me that trailer you know if I didn't already if I wasn't already disheartened by the whole thing the trailer might have pulled something out of me I don't think there's anything left in the movie that could have pulled out all the stops for to try to get me jived again but I'm just not it's like Justin said when you know when we all know how much I love Miles Teller when he comes strutting in with his aviator shades and his, you know, porn stash and his, you know, Acapulco shirt, I'm like, man, I wish it was Anthony Edwards instead, you know. But, yeah, so as far as whose funeral it is, yeah, I, I could see them, you know, pulling the swerve and killing Teller off. Maybe they killed Maverick off. Maybe this is it. He well, Maverick he places a badge on top of the casket, so unless he's going to a funeral for his Hell self, yeah. Or he's a ghost. How do we know there's, how do we know there's not more dream, than one funeral? Or 
anyway, uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't give a shit. So, you gonna ask right me? Along. No. All right. No. Oh, you, 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 you have a dog in this fight. You want you, you have something to say? Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cut and dry. It's Val Kilmer's funeral. That pretty That's cut a possibility. and dry. It's very, very, very well. That's why Miles Teller well is such a little be. bratty bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, we'll find out next month. When, You'll uh, find out Maverick next month. I'll find out when it hits Paramount Plus. That's when I'll find out. So, All right. Well, moving right along. All right, guys. Uh, who are we going to cancel this week? Someone just got canceled. Someone just got canceled. Someone just got canceled. I wonder what they did. Uh, let's see. Sean, who you want to cancel? I'm curious as to who you're pissed off at right now. I mean, um, my biggest grieve lately is the guy who invented those Rubbermaid trash cans where the lid swings down into the trash. Into the trash? Like, that's just such a piss. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's got that like kind of weird pointy lid. It's a, it's a shitty trash can I got in my kitchen. But, like, it's one of the things you're supposed to, like, just drop the waste in. But... You know, it's it's the lid to my kitchen trash can. I push it in there. Well, if that, you know, it's it's, it's getting dirty. I I think that's a stupid dirty. idea. God damn it! So I'm canceling. It. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it, it makes no sense. It makes trash no cans sense getting dirty makes no up, fucking sense. Not swing down. <laughs> it should, no, no, no. The lid the lid should swing away from the garbage. You're missing my point. But other than that, um. Yeah, no, nobody really pissed me off. I already, you know, just the just um, the Rubbermaid. I did watch that. That yeah, just just the maker to lid to my trash can. He's a fucking idiot. Um, it's I don't know how much he made off of that patent, but damned if he's lucky. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, that's that's what I got, man. That asshole to me, my trash can lid. All right, well, shit. Uh, I'm going to cancel Taco Time from Taco Bell. So the other night, I'm heading to Taco Bell after work on the way home, and I'm always using their app because it's convenient, and I don't think it free shit. So I go and do that as usual, and I always place it about two minutes away from the store um, or the restaurant. And uh, so, you know, naturally, a couple minutes away, put the order in, go to the window, and like always say, I'm here picking up an order mobile order for ed and nine times out of ten they're gonna say all right ed, we got your order pull up at the window well this time and the other night they're like i don't see it no don't see it oh there it is just came up mind you it had been like four minutes at this point since i had put the order in so i know they had somehow I had to have gotten it unless there was a shortage or a glitch in their system whatever the case may be so she goes the most it just hurt my head when she said this she goes so we just got your order sir and we got to make it so uh go drive around the store and come back and wait five minutes and she goes go drive around the store into the parking lot wait five minutes then come back and your food will be ready and i'm like but by that point It'll A, be cold, and B, there'll be other people in line, so I gotta wait. Like, I'm already here. Let's just say for a second, pretend I didn't even put in a mobile order. Let's just say I just put the order in like any other driver does when they t- you take the order. 
do you tell that driver to drive around the store, wait five minutes, and come back when the food will be ready? Like, no, no. It pissed me off. It was bullshit. I never, I never it, it, it just, it hurt my head. It, I'm, I'm getting pissed off even talking about it right now. So, fuck Taco Tom, fuck Taco Bell right now. Yeah, you're on my shit list, god damn it. Whoever wants to go next, you can go. Or whoever wants to chime in on what I just have to say, you can do that too. Whichever way may be the case. I'll go next. All right. So there's a there's a Mexican restaurant right next to my shop where I work at. And I called there, and I got a three taco platter, right? So that yeah. means that I get a platter of three tacos, and I go that's, there. That's usually how it works. Right. So I go Riders there. And their tacos. They have three three taco platters stacked on top of each other. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, well, all I wanted was one of those taco platters. Right. They was like nine. They were like three. They were like, all right, well, somebody called here for three taco platters. I was like, no, I called here for a three taco platter. And they were like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure somebody else called here for a three three taco platters. I was like, dude, no, you guys are you guys are fucking this up. That guy's name is Andrew, right? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, look, my name tag. It says Andrew. They were like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I wanted a three taco platter. I wanted a three taco platter. You in my world now, bitches. And they and told the, you to drive around. And the for person five behind the person yeah. person person behind the counter just sat there and stared at me with the stink eye. And I was like, do you understand the misconstruction? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, so can I get one of those three taco platters? They were like, no, somebody called here for three taco platters. I was like, all right, I'm leaving. <laughs> and I literally left. And I'm just thinking to myself right now, right now, the person who was behind that counter, they've got to be collecting themselves at this point, thinking to themselves, damn, that guy really is the one who called. And all he wanted was three tacos. Like, yes, you motherfucker. They were like, we're sorry, sir. It is going to take five minutes to make your tacos. Go ahead and circle around the store a couple times. Do a little dance. Oh, no, I just walked up ready. there and got it. I just walked up there and got it. I mean, it's literally walking distance. Two stores down. All right. I got to move us away from the Mexican food shit, guys. Right. Thank you. Go oh, for it. With the Snyders and the Mexican food. Mine's a lighthearted one this week, but uh, after rewatching Kill Bill, I want to cancel the five, six, seven, eights because that fucking woohoo song has been ah. stuck in my head ever since yeah. I watched that movie. That song? Yeah, and I've been whistling it all fucking day, <laughs> and I'm just tired of it now. So I was yeah, doing that earlier five, at the six, fucking seven, store. Eights. Don't worry, I was doing it too. I love that song. Uh, who we got left? Justin? Yeah, I'm, I didn't have a golem, but then Sean's reminded me of something that bothers me. So I'm <laughs> canceling whoever's idea it was that public bathroom doors open inward rather than push outward. That fucking drives me nuts after I've washed my hands. Like, I, I'm in my family, yes. I'm, a, I'm a notorious hand washer. Like, I wash my hands a lot. And that's only yeah. like that. And that's because, like, I realized I touch my face a lot and I bite my nails, and it's like, Fuck, if I'm going to do it, I want to at least have clean hands. Right, so I got you. I just wash my hands a lot. And like in public bathrooms, to wash my hands and then have to grab a handle and pull the fucking door open defeats the whole purpose. So I'm canceling whoever in 2022 hasn't figured out that that's a bad fucking design. The whole fucking public restroom game needs to be reevaluated because... 
you know, it's it's not very sanitary. So I'm yeah, and I don't I don't that. like those dryers like they have it. White Marsh movies now where you got to stick your hand down into the fucking air dryer and it like yeah, oh they're garbage they're fucking they're trash. gross they're and fucking you're rubbing gross. your hands all over what everybody else already put their wet hands in it's terrible yeah yeah terrible fucking goddamn awful concept so is that is that it did we all get our get our shit off our chest yeah. Uh, right, right on. Let's move on to the final category and do weekly recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? Now, Andrew, man of the hour, this is your moment, buddy. What do you got for us this week that you've never fucking seen for yourself? <laughs> so I wasn't expecting to do this, but I'm going to do it right now anyway because I don't really have a recommendation this week now that you mention it. So I'm going to do Body Heat. It's a neo-noir, erotic, thriller film, right? So it's made by a guy named Lawrence Castan. I'm going to mute. Holy shit. (laughs) I literally tossed him this movie about 12 minutes before we started recording. (laughs) I've been peeking through it periodically throughout the podcast. So anyhow, I'm going to sell you on this film that I've literally never seen. Anyhow, it's um, it's a neo part. The fact that um, Tina Turner is top 100 sexiest stars in the film history for 1995. <laughs> you mean Kathleen Turner? Tina Turner. Tina Turner. He's like Tina Turner, top 100 sexiest well, woman. Well, the problem, Tina Turner, you so hot. Uh, the problem is, it says Turner's career, and I don't know why Tina was the first person that came to my mind. That's not my fault. I've never seen this fucking movie. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Tina Turner was a very sexy woman in 1981. So there you go. Really didn't say in 1981. See. <laughs> Oh man, that's fucking pure. Just that doesn't happen to be in this movie. That's all. Right. Oh shit. That's anyway, so um, William Hurt plays a lawyer who has an affair with Kathleen Turner. Not to be confused with Tina Turner, because again, I've never seen this film before. Are you like currently reading um, up the synopsis on IMDb or something? I'm th- I'm skimming through it. So anyhow, uh, Mickey Rourke is in this as a bomb expert, and um. <laughs> <laughs> he, he provides an incinerary device, whatever that is. Could be a multitude of things. I don't know because I've never seen this film. Oh man! And something about every fucking sentence you've never seen this film. Well, there's a plot point that centers around rules against per. I can't even per per <laughs> Can't even words off your own script. I love it. <laughs> I didn't write this shit. Sell us some more, brother. Sell us some it's more. It's got a budget of nine million. It made twenty four million. Now he's going off fucking. He's gonna start. He's gonna start spitting stats. <laughs> Look, it's got music by John Beatty. Okay, John Beatty made some made some hot takes on Giant James Bond. It's got cinematography of Richard Klein. <laughs> 
I'm going to power through this. He did the cinematography on King Kong. Oh, man. All right. And it has Jeff Bridges. We're going to we're gonna check it out. We're going to take your word for it and check that one out. I hope somebody else is talking about. You must be talking about a different body heat than I've seen, man. I don't know. That shit don't sound familiar with Dina Turner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We're going to cover that one (laughs) for sure. (laughs) I'll I'll be sure to go Um, blind. So Saturday, I sat down and I queued up a movie I hadn't seen since it first came out on VHS. And that is John Carpenter's Vampires. I don't know why I ever shat on this movie before. This it's a was fun movie. Fu- this was so fucking fun, dude. This was fun. Oh, Boy, yeah. James Woods and Anthony LaPaglia. That movie's fun. Oh, my God. The movie is... It's really fucking good. I really enjoyed it. Um, Probably the last true good Carpenter movie. Um, Well, it was the last true good Carpenter movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, of course it's not perfect and I have some issues with it here and there, but that's, you know, for another episode, another conversation for another time. Uh, but overall the movie I had a blast with the, 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 the gore part, the K and B's effects in that movie are awesome. And, uh, it's Carpenter's score. It's, you know, Carpenter's scores are always phenomenal and this is no different. And so, let me ask you, am I remembering this correctly? Isn't Daniel Baldwin like a complete dick yeah. to the girl yeah. in the movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what I remember. He is a motherfucker to, to Cheryl Lee in this movie the whole entire time. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, there's a lot of people in this group that the film starts out with that are like, that go, go on to have other roles in other films that you've seen here and there. Uh, like um, Mark Boone Jr., is in the gang in the opening scene and shit like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know why I just, you know, kind of like Kill Bill. I don't know why I sat on it for all this time um, without rewatching it, but I hadn't seen it since it first came out. I'm like, what was it, 98? I think it was. So it's been almost 25 years, 24 to be exact. But yeah, I really, really enjoyed this movie. And in fact, I might even rewatch it sometime soon. It's on stars, so fuck it. Yeah, I just uh, saw it for the first time like a year ago, and I okay. always, avoided it, I always avoided it because it's not a very like beloved Carpenter. It's movie. not, so uh, and this I movie gets a real bad rap. Yeah, I figured it was just going to be a piece of shit, and it, there was nothing else on one night, and it was coming on. I'm like, that ah, fuck it. it's a Carpenter movie I've never seen. It's got James Woods. How bad can it be? And it's not a perfect movie by any means, but like, oh no, it's James, it, like you said, it's got good gore. It's like Carpenter doing like just pure carpenter and it's the kind of james wood performance that you always want to see him he's just a complete like cocky asshole throughout the entire right, thing which right. is what you want to see james woods be so it's like yeah he's perfect, cool yeah it's a perfect james woods performance it's like that that is a very underrated and fun movie uh definitely for sure uh let's see uh, justin why don't you keep going what's your recommendation this week uh, I'm I'm just on a bad streak lately. Like everything I'm watching, it, I'm just not liking. So I was like, "What the fuck am I even going to recommend?" You, what do you got in your archive? Films that you know are good. Just well, that's what I people. ended up doing. I was like, "What? What? Like, what can I talk about?" That, and I realized that, like, within the past two weeks, for some reason, I got in my head that I needed to immediately own 
Night Shift and Johnny Dangerously. Like early, I'm in like early Michael Keaton stuff right now for some reason. Right. Um, so Night Shift, Johnny Dangerously, and one of my all-time favorite movies, Mr. Mom. Like, if you haven't seen any or all those movies, like immediately stop what you're doing and go watch all three of them. They're all hilarious and great in their own way. Johnny Dangerously is one of those movies that for some reason is not very beloved. And I've never understood that. I always thought that was a really funny movie. Um, especially if you like that's, you know, stupid, uh, airplane or naked gun type humor. It's that sort of thing. Uh, with you know, Michael Keaton and Joe Piscopo doing it. So, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going with early Michael Keaton this week. All right. Well, uh, Sean, the only the only thing I watched this week that actually finished because I was entertained. I was watching a lot of documentaries. Um, I watched a documentary on Evil Knievel. Nice. Yeah, called, that's interesting. What was yeah, it on? it's called Being Knievel. Was it on Hulu by um, chance? I, 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 it was definitely on one of the streaming services. So you'll have access to it. It's it's a dick yeah, house production. I knew, I knew that. You know, yeah, it's and and um, you know, Knoxville's in there. And that's the one that I see. Like, it ended with the reenactment of a stunt, I believe. One of them did. Okay. No, 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 no. This, this is this is a full. It's like a legitimate. That might have been something separate because at one you... point they did do like a tribute after he passed away. They did a tribute, like a stunt reenactment. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's clips of that on there, I believe. Um, but no, like the the guy definitely, like I remember, you know, growing up, the guy was like the closest thing to an Earthbound superhero. Justin will tell you we both probably had that little yeah wind you up, you know. I yeah yeah you you wound up he launched out and would like hang up on the handlebars and flip the thing over. But, uh, yeah, the guy just fucking, you know, chewed through the brick wall that his life with his own with his own bare teeth and kept it up till the end. I mean, like him and Steve McQueen are two all-American badasses. And when you watch this, like, you know, Knievel, he was not a nice guy. <laughs> it's until, you know, at the end of his life, he realized how much of an arrogant, drunken, drug-addicted womanizer he was. Have you ever seen Viva Knievel? But, um, is, is that the one where no, George it's, Hamilton it's, it's plays Evil him? Knievel playing himself. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I have, I have seen it, and he's, he's, he's definitely. Even though he failed more, more landings than he won, he's definitely a better stunt man than he is an actor. <laughs> and it's like Gene Kelly's, his you know, and red buttons like his manager, right? It's like all these old right. Hollywood guys. I just watched that like a month ago. It's it should it's, be an hour and twenty minutes long, and it would be great. It's it's a little over long, but it's very much a a late seventies, like star vehicle kind of thing. It's, it's exactly what that implies. Right. Yeah. So like to, to note it, the, like the legend that I had in my head as a kid, like is actually what was really going on was, was, was kind of cool. I mean, the guy was just a badass, you know, and he created new forms of entertainment that weren't there before, you know, just by being a motorcycle salesman. So, yeah, it's called Being Knievel. I believe it's on either Paramount 
or Peacock. It might be Hulu <laughs> though, Ed. I don't know. It's definitely or a was re- I was reading about him in, in that movie, Viva Knievel, after I watched it. And it like in the movie, one of the things he does is like Red Button kind of owes him some money. And he like he leans on him to get the money back from him. He never really hits him. He's like in the movie, he's so cool that he just he's intimidating. He doesn't really need to raise his fist. And then like in real life, like three months after they finished re- filming the movie, he really like beat up his manager to get money out of him. And it ended up. It ended up affecting, like he, he had like this nice guy image before that. And it ended up affecting his image, and it like they, they say that's the reason why the movie tanked. Not because it's a piece of shit, but just because like his whole image went south. Like by the time the movie finished filming and before it came out, yeah, doesn't <laughs> surprise me, man. Given what I learned, so yeah, yeah. Look for being Knievel, guys. It was pretty cool. Ninety minutes, you know, you know could do worse. Not too much of an investment. And finally, Corey. So first, this isn't my recommendation, but I wanted to give Justin a shout out. So I started watching that Yellowstone show because I remember you recommended that to Mm -hmm. uh, me at some point. And I'm definitely hooked. I think I've got like three episodes in and I'll probably be putting that on later tonight. So yeah, Yellowstone, uh, good so far. I've been enjoying it. Oh, uh, real uh, sorry, Corey. Uh, Justin, just you got. I don't know if you knew, but season four loaded up. Oh, did it really? Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. We we're gonna we're gonna start watching it tonight. But yeah, Corey, it's a great show. You're gonna dig it. I'm sorry, man. I just want to make sure everybody knew like everything available is on no, the cool. talk for it. Uh, so my actual recommendation. I know it's been talked about on the show, but it's the only thing I've watched in the past week that I was like, oh, whoa. Um, and I watched the new Candyman. Uh, I finally got around to renting it, and I was blown away. I, I mean, I like the original Candyman. Uh, yeah. Holy shit! I mean, I was not expecting this movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, it exceeded my yeah. expectations yeah. tenfold. Mandy's too, man. I think we brought it up yeah. on the air before. Yeah, it was really good. I, I was really, really. I think it was pretty film. much like the perfect. Thing they could do right now honestly i mean it had it ties in the old yeah. stuff it has the new stuff yeah, yeah. it actually it had commentary a, the, the film itself had a voice it had a purpose yeah it wasn't just a requel you know and yeah. and i appreciated that about it there was a lot yeah, of and it's a pretty it, film you know? like too like it just the cinematography in the yeah. movie stood out to me yeah. as well I, it, I, I agree that and the sound design yeah so uh anybody that even if I mean, I would recommend you probably see at least the first Candyman, but even if you haven't, I think you could still enjoy it. Like if you're a horror fan, I mean, it's it, it'd be it's smart, really it'd be wise to see the original because it's technically a sequel, a direct sequel to the first film. So no, it is, but I think you could still enjoy it if you're a horror fan and just for whatever reason. Candyman. Yeah, you could you could you could put it together. Yeah, I don't think it's that. I think they explain it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. yeah, good one. Good one. Well, unfortunately, so can I can I recommend an actual film? Oh, okay, sure, by all means. <laughs> my, my apologies. The floor is yours. Uh, my the film I want to recommend is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. See, I was thinking about it the other day, and I have no idea why. But like, one What's of my favorite about? sequel. I feel like we know what it's about, but uh, my favorite You've sequel it, of all right? time is probably Terminator Two. Honestly, like I was sitting there thinking about it at work. We were talking about it, and. 
to like Terminator two is so good. It's such a perfect film. It's, it's got sci-fi film noir time travel, like everything about it is just so on point. I think it's like, obviously it's no Titanic or avatar, but in my personal opinion, it's James Cameron's like highest achievement. I mean, yeah, I don't know no about argument all that, there. but I, I, as far as, you know, it is, what's the word I'm looking for? I would argue his achievement is high, as high as achievement, obviously, Avatar. But as far as T2 goes, I think T2, no, I think True Lies is, is the, the last time that uh, he made a movie that I liked the most. I guess that's the lazy way I'm trying to put it. I'm not um, talking about accomplishments like dollar wise or anything like gotcha. that. I'm saying respect. Like no, I'm talking, still talk I'm about not Terminator talking about like, financial uh, success. I'm talking about personal success. I mean, uh, personal opinion um, is what I'm getting at. But anyway, it, that's I'm not trying to crash your opinion. Uh, yeah, T two. I, I look. Uh, if anyone's curious. Yeah, I have plans of doing the Terminator series coming up. I want to make a big thing of it. And that type of thing takes, you know, planning. So, yeah, Terminator and Terminator 2 are definitely going to be covered on the uh, the show this year. So, look out for those episodes. Unfortunately, we've reached the point of the show where it's time to wrap up. Before we go, I want to take this time to be real with everyone. Lately, I've noticed our numbers are increasing more and more. So, I know there's a lot of curious parties or first-time viewers listening. Something else I've noticed is the fact that we really haven't received any reviews or ratings in a while. Whether this is your first time or your 40th, we absolutely, positively, 100% want to hear your honest thoughts and opinions. And hopefully, start engaging with our fans or... When uh, either Twitter or Facebook, it, it it could be like a group on Facebook or through Twitter where we're the most active. But drop us an email on the Film Effect Podcast dot com. Uh, I'm sorry, at the Film Effect Podcast at gmail dot com, or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. Let's let's just fucking interact, guys. Let's start doing that. I want to start socializing, you know, with our fans more. Honestly. Um, and by the way, you can also leave us reviews and ratings over at Apple, Spotify, or by going to the filmeffectpodcast.com slash reviews. Uh, what's coming up? What's going on? Uh, well, Corey and I did an episode this week on Kill Bill Volume 1. Hopefully by now you have checked that out, or at least you have it in your feed. Uh, so you can listen to it this weekend or whenever. Uh, good episode. Uh, my only regret is that I did not have Sean, Andrew, and Justin on with us because, this, like I said on the episode, I had a fucking blast watching this movie. And, uh, you know, it really made for a good conversation between the two of us. I just kind of wish that the conversation could have expanded with more uh, parties. So, uh, Yeah, I'm bummed. I told you, I was, I was listening to that one earlier today and I was like kicking myself that I wasn't able to to be available for that one. I, I love that movie. It's that's easily top five Tarantino for me. I'm not a big fan of part of volume two so much, um, but I, I could talk all day about the first one. Well, volume two, like I told you earlier, Sean, uh, Justin, that's what we're doing next week to, to follow up on this one. So we're not fucking around. We're not making anybody wait next week's episode will be volume two. 
And since it's April, we can get away with that being April's uh, Tarantino Triple X uh, entry. So, uh, if you guys want to partake in that conversation, I'm sure we're going to be doing the episode the usual time. We can talk about that more off the air. But, you know, love to have you guys. So, just throwing that out there. Uh, well, shit. Other than that, don't forget to follow us over at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, email. We shot you all the uh, information at the top of the episode. Plus, you'll have the direct links in the episode notes. Uh, really want to see those numbers grow. So, please tell all your friends and follow us yourself if you have not already. Like I said, links in the episode notes for every episode as well as this one. Let's expand the Film Effect community. And that is that, Andrew, Sean, Corey, Justin, fellas. Uh, anything else before we wrap? Um, no, I got nothing. Right. I, I want to recommend going to see the Batman, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely going to have a conversation on that to come, because obviously Justin couldn't make it with us, unfortunately. Uh, but that's okay, because it'll be uh, on HBO Max in like two weeks. So as soon as you get that in, Justin, and we can get our... Uh, Rewatches in, and uh, we we can crack yeah, an episode. I can't wait to talk about that movie again. Oh, by the, we're definitely going to be having, we're definitely going to be doing that by uh, the end of the month. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind. Just mark that in your calendars now, guys. It's just a matter of when the episode's going to drop. <laughs> it's but it's happening this month. So, uh, uh, all right. Anybody else? Anything? I just want Andrew to sell me a movie every week now. Uh, it needs to be a permanent part of the show. A permanent it was, it was the, kind of a cast. It was kind of a low key <laughs> gag, but I I can keep it going for sure. We want to be careful and uh, not you know kill it. So. <laughs> I wanna I wanna I wanna just spoil it now. This week I wanted to do the film, the 1985 I think it is film Gotcha, <laughs> but I didn't. I decided Teaser to for uh, next week. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm definitely yeah. gonna get to that eventually. But hey, listen, don't watch it this week, and then sell us on it. Next Dude, week. I'm not gonna watch that fucking movie this week. <laughs> <laughs> Did Sean text you that one too? No, Gotcha is oh, something that I came across. I don't know why. I like watching stupid nerdy videos on the internet, and uh, Gotcha is apparently loosely based on the paintball guns from the eighties yeah. that were like normalized to be regular guns or look like regular guns, I should say. So yeah, that, sounds, like, oh, this that is sounds like such an thrilling plot. Can't wait to watch it. That is, that has nothing to do with a the spy movie. movie. I was like, about to say that has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, it starts off. It's like a college campus, a game that they're all playing where they go around shooting each other. And you know, you never know when you're going to get it. Like in between classes, going to get lunch, like you got to be on guard at all times. And then somebody gets shot for real, and that like kicks off this whole like espionage angle to the movie, and it, it immediately loses steam at that point. Like if they had just stuck with the whole them doing it on campus, they could have maybe done something interesting with that. Andrew. Is Tina See, Turner I've never, I've, I've never seen the movie before. <laughs> right, Maybe Tina right. Turner's in it. Who knows? I, I don't know how the fuck the conversation got all the way over here, but in the meantime, I'm going to go run for the border. Time for the fourth meal. Till next week, everybody. Take care now. Bye-bye. See ya. All right, guys. Fanboy Talk to you soon.
This concludes our broadcast day.